strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Then zone for Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch. Larry Legend does it again. The Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. The Red Sea is rising up. Temperature rising. Vision blurring. Rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! A not-so-friendly reminder, Ron Wolfley, that this past season, the NFL 2020, you do realize, you do remember that there was a game every single day of the week, as in the actual day of the week on the calendar. Not just Sunday game day or Monday night football or Thursday night football or Saturday games in December, but there were also games played on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday of last season, the first time that had happened in NFL history in a quarter century. So with that in mind, welcome in Ron Wolfie to a Wednesday edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. You know what, Paulie, you got to be flexible, do you not? You have to be flexible at all times. Position flexibility, of course, is taking over the National Football League. you got to be flexible on a Big Red Rage as well, Paul. Yeah, and uh, just so you know, uh, this is not voluntary for you, okay? It is in your contract, <laughs> I know, for players in the NFL right now uh it's that mandatory mini camp everything else is considered voluntary at least that's the way it stands right now based on the memo from raj but uh right here right now boom we're ready to go because you're right two weeks from tomorrow the nfl draft let it wash over you and since ron wolfley they've yet to authorize our key cards for entry into the war room yes uh, which is never going to happen, uh, just FYI. Uh, we get the next best thing and a key figure in that war room on this edition. How about Director of Player Personnel, Drew Grigson, going to be our special guest coming up a little bit Boy, later. I love that, Polly. First of all, Director of Player Personnel, Polly. I know on the sideline as you're walking around there as a sideline reporter, of course, for the Cardinals, you maybe not... I don't know, run into contact with Drew Grigson from time to time, Paul, but this is that a guy would not be that good for me. This no. is <laughs> I, I physically that. run into him exactly. D ball is what press I like, to like call him. three of me, Wolf. He can bench <laughs> press at least three of me. Yes, of course, here's a guy that has influence in personnel, not only at the college level, but also at the pro level, thus the director of player personnel. Are you going to ask him or uh, am I going to ask him for an update on Larry Fitzgerald? Let's just hash that out right here, yeah, right now. I, I honestly don't think we should, Paul. I mean, honestly, put him under the gun like that. I mean, this guy, he's not hes not the general manager, not yet, but oh my goodness, the director of player personnel, that is a stepping stone title to a general manager position, is it not? You want to hear my latest theory on, on Larry, by not the way? Really, th- Paul. Thanks for asking. Um, I think that this is a big ploy so he can miss the entire offseason. So he can miss the OTAs, so he doesn't have to participate in the virtual Zoom sessions. 
Maybe he shows up for the mandatory minicamp in June. But you know what? Year three in this offense of Cliff Kingsbury, he knows the offense. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's going into his 18th season. Heck, hey, just go play some more golf. You know what, Paulie? That's not a bad suggestion by you. That's not a bad proposition right there. The fact that because we know he's got to be waiting for something, right? At least that's my feeling on this. I think he's waiting for something. And what that something is, I do not know. Now, maybe he's waiting for a team to be able to uh, scrape together the requisite amount of money that he would be willing to play for. And maybe that conveniently also means he's sure. going to miss a lot of the offseason as he's waiting for them to scrape it together, Paul. I mean, maybe it's a faux contract holdout. Maybe he, he's just staging this, uh, <laughs> you know, this this holdout for more cash, perhaps, or is stalling the negotiations just so he conveniently misses all of April and May and most of June. So as Fitzy's listening to you talk right now, how, how badly do you think he's just shaking his head and smirking, Paul? <laughs> How badly do you think he's doing well, that? Hey, I'm not the guy who used the two <laughs> words thus far on a podcast this week. Wolf, I, I'm just going to leave you with this on the Larry subject, and it won't come up again. Uh, but he was on a golf subpar podcast out of Whisper Rock. Okay, Wolf, another another area just like the War Room where you're never going to gain entry to Whisper Rock Country Club. Okay? I once got in a fight outside of Whisper Rock, Paul. I <laughs> see. No, we don't want we don't have time for the dark days right now to talk about that. Uh, and so on this podcast, he was asked, very little football, 98% golf, but he was asked about his longevity and how he's only missed a handful of games in his NFL career. And he said, yeah, I- I've been fortunate thus far. What is that? He didn't talk about his career in the past tense, Ron Wolfley. I know, Paulie. I know exactly the cut you're talking about, the sound you're okay. talking about, Paul. Okay. Don't go deep on that. Just let the man speak. Okay. And not, don't read into it that deep, Paul. You're on the grassy knoll. Uh, guess what? The Cardinals' depth chart just got deeper running back. That's next on the Big Red Rage. Hodges gets the shotgun snap, gives it to Connor, sweeps the left side, got a block at the 10, Connor to the 5, Connor to the goal line, and in for the touchdown. James Connor sweeping the left side, takes it in from 12 yards out. Hodges will throw to Connor out of the backfield, makes a man miss, and it's at the 20. Connor down the sideline to the 10, and he's going to walk it in for the touchdown. Now former Steelers running back, James Earl Connor. That's his middle name, by the way, Ron Wolfley. I wonder if his parents are big fans of Darth Vader and James Earl Jones. James Earl Connor, a one-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals, as all of a sudden, you know what the O-line likes to call the straight-ahead run game, the pound game. They now have the running back to go with that pound game. And it's curious now what exactly that means for the Arizona Cardinals and the style of run game perhaps this year. It's the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, soon to be joined by Director of Player Personnel Drew Grigson. We'll get his thoughts on James Conner. But, Wolf, you're bad in leadoff. Give us your thoughts. You know, uh, Polly, I love this. I really do. 6'1", 233 pounds. Uh, he's not the fastest guy in the world. He's not going to take the ball and rip off a 40-yard run. He's not going to rip off a 60 80-yard take-it-to-the-house run uh, unless he's breaking tackles the whole way. Not going to do that, but he's a first down maker is what he is, Paul. This is a guy that's going to line up and get you four. He's going to rip it in there. I call him a ground pounder. That's what he is. You might say the the offensive line likes to pound it. This is a ground pounder running back, and this is exactly what I was hoping the Cardinals were going to bring in. 
James Conner, I thought, was the best option that was still out there. And I also, Paulie, I like what it implies, what it might mean for this offense and the mindset of this team going forward. You know, in that montage coming back on Westwood 1, he had the rushing touchdown and the receiving touchdown. Did I not hear your brother say something along the lines of longtime Steelers analyst and Steelers legend from that offensive line that that might be an underutilized part of his skill set, the receiving game? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. He texted me and told me about this kid a little bit. He said he's a three-down back, Paulie. That's what he said. He said he will stone blitzers, which is great. Mm-hmm. When you have a run-down back, a back that is first and ten, second and one to six if in fact you are going to put kyler murray a little bit more under center if you're going to do that you better have a running back that can actually hold up and blitz pickup the reason being paulie is because here comes the play action right here comes the play action and that running back's going to fake like he's getting the ball and it's going to freeze everybody for the most part but then you might blitz in a rundown situation if you're a defensive coordinator man that running back better better be ready to pick up that blitzer right he better have his eyes open and be capable of doing it and this dude is capable of doing it he's 6'1 233 pounds you know what two thoughts here um what kyler murray does for james connor and then what connor does for the direction of this run game which you hinted at let me get to the first one you know it was that very first training camp we hadn't even gotten out of august and chase edmonds was talking about what kyler murray does for the run game he's like quote an extra blocker yes well James Conner obviously did not have that dynamic in Pittsburgh with Big Ben, who was a big statue back yes. there. So think about that and, and, and how – because it's not like – if he gets a little more room and the defenses are respecting Kyler's legs a little bit more, that benefits Conner, doesn't it? I love that you brought that up, Ollie, because once again, I do believe the Arizona Cardinals offense is going to be tweaked a little bit this year going forward. I think we're going to see Kyler Murray a little bit more under center. I think we're going to see more traditional running plays at, at the point of attack. I, I think we're going to see that, Paulie, but it doesn't mean it's going to be ex- Exclusive. There's going to be a blending, right? A blending of the old and the new. That's what I expect to see. I expect to see James Conner lined up in the gun next to Kyler Murray, and here comes an inside zone play. A play where you're going to hand that ball off. Maybe, maybe it's going to be a zone read as well from time to time, but I see a blending of the old and the new, and Craig also was talking about the fact that James Conner has a good feel for hitting angles. Good angles in a power scheme. He has a really good feel for doing that. Not a great cutback runner, Craig said, and that to me tells me he's not a great runner in zone schemes. He might be a much better punch the hole into the defense type runner, a guy that uses great angles on power scheme plays, and that could signal a little foreshadowing here as to how this run game offense might be tweaked a little. I agree. We talked about it with Rob Fredrickson last month. Kyler under center. Yeah, a little bit. Right? And then all of a sudden, guess what? You have a bit more of a downhill running game. And the way you describe James Conner, he seems to be the perfect fit in that sort of scheme. We saw a little different approach in December. We saw more bootlegs for Kyler. We did see him under center a little bit more. I agree with you. I think we're more apt to see a little bit of everything. And for James Conner, guess what? He's reunited with a running back coach he had in 2018 in Pittsburgh during his Pro Bowl season. In fact, here's James Conner talking to the media about the opportunity in Arizona. I feel brand new. You know, I'm excited for this opportunity. It's it's definitely a change of scenery for me. 
you know, been in Pittsburgh eight years, and this was all that time in Pittsburgh was just prepping me for, for where I'm at right now in my life uh, and this journey that brought me out here to AZ. And uh, I feel like I was well-equipped, you know, just everything I've been through and continue to go through on this journey and leads me to here. So, man, I'm excited to be in this red. I'm excited. It's a blessing. He sounds like a local already, you know, calling it AZ. You know, yes. it's well done by him. But 2018, Wolf, we're talking about a guy who had nearly 1,500 yards from scrimmage, over five yards per touch, 13 touchdowns, all with James Saxon. And, yes. And I would dismiss that if he was 30 or 31, but he's going to be 26 next month. That ding. wasn't a long time ago. Ding, ding. That's exactly right, Paulie. Once again, I don't want to make it sound like suddenly Kyler Murray is going to be under center for 40% of the snaps. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying 25, 25%, maybe. We'll see how this offense evolves, but I can tell you right now, you got a guy that's going to stoke it in between those tackles, and you know that gets me jacked up. And uh, and by the way, it's a one-year deal. He'll be motivated. It's cap-friendly, less than $2 million total. He's also competing with another guy who's in a contract year, Chase Edmonds. So these are going to be two guys pushing each other, you figure. Drew Grigson next on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Snap to Wilson. Cardinals bring in some pressure. It's picked up. Wilson with time in the pocket. Now in trouble and sacked. About four Cardinals in the backfield. But it's Isaiah Simmons, the rookie, that gets the Russell Wilson first to force a punt. Shotgun snap to Wilson. Straight drop back. Steps up in the pocket. Takes off. Running far side at the 40. And drilled by Simmons at the 41. Isaiah Simmons is balling. Shotgun snap Wilson. Quick throw to the left flat. Metcalf caught it at the 38. Dropped by Isaiah Simmons for a loss at the 37-yard line. Simmons has played terrific football tonight. The rookie really starting to get comfortable out there. Two of his best games against the Seahawks. You heard the montage there, Dave Pash, Cardinals Radio Network. Yeah, the overtime win at home against the Seahawks on Sunday night, where, remember, Wolf, Russell Wilson had been 30-0 and in the regular season when leading by 10 at the half. And the Cardinals came back for the win there. Then at Seattle, Isaiah Simmons had that game with a team high 10 tackles and a sack. He was the first round pick a year ago on that big board of the Cardinals, the top 120 in the war room where once again, we are not allowed. So we do the next best thing here on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. And we say good evening and welcome to the director of player personnel, Drew Grigson, who joins us fresh off being promoted a couple of months ago. Drew, how are we doing? Is the adrenaline flowing yet with the draft in two weeks away? Oh, you, you, you can't get burned out this quick. You gotta, you gotta, <laughs> it's a marathon. You, you can't, yeah. uh, it's, it's no, you gotta pace yourself right now. Yeah. Drew, you know, I'm going to start off with a big fat softball right here, but talk about how Throw roster <laughs> talk about how roster building has changed in the year 2021 of our Lord. How has it changed the emphasis on the draft, free agency, roster building, trades? How much has it changed from 10 years ago? Oh, it's, I mean, it's, it's different every year now. I mean, obviously, uh, COVID throwing us, uh, the curveball that it did and, and, uh, the salary cap changing and, and, and with, uh, you know, the inability to, to make visits this year, every, everything changed, um, on our side and, and, um, and, and building a roster has become more difficult, but you, there's nothing you could do but adapt. And, um, any, anything, any curveball that gets thrown to you, you have to, you have to take it across the league. Uh, everyone has the same rules, which is, which, which helps. 
Um, and uh, we're all playing with the same hand here. So uh, there's no excuses. We just got to find a way to, to, to work around all these issues and, and uh, make the best of it. With no combine this year, how has it been? How has it been? I know teams have really gone and, and had to attend these pro days. So how would you say is your access to information enough that you're going to feel confident about making draft picks? We will, uh, because I feel good about the information. And, and um, you know, I, I, I've been saying for the last couple of weeks to the guys, I, I, the amount of information that we did gather this year not making visits, is, it's astounding. Um, I, I credit our scouting staff. Uh, for doing that because i mean they were they were scouting from their their offices at home from their kitchens from mm. the basements and um and we we pulled in quite a bit of information um the, the the unfortunate thing is that you don't have those uh you don't have those experiences that you do when you go to the school when you get a feel for the kid and you go room to room and you talk to everyone um and you get a you know a, a real strong conviction one way or another um but uh we again we we we, we We've done a great job um, figuring out who we, who our targets would be. Um, not having the combine, we again, what did we? We didn't have a chance to interview the guys in person. So what uh, Quentin Harris and I did is we put together um, basically a combine style interview process that we that we did from the draft room. So mm-hmm. instead of having players brought out, brought in in front of us one by one, we did it over Zoom, and it's the only way we could do it. And and we did it like I said, combine style, twenty minutes on with one kid. Next kid comes in, he's ready. Zoom. Next guy comes in, and we just did it down the line, just like we would in Indy. So we met, we don't we didn't we weren't there in person, but we still got the information, still got to talk to the kids, still got to feel comfortable about him, talk to him about um, talk to him about X's and O's, and get comfortable with his mental capacity, all that stuff. So, so Drew, where are you guys right now in the draft process? Have you already stood on the table, Drew? Have you stood on the table and had it out as to what kid is better than what kid? This kid is better than that kid? What are you doing? You're out of your mind. Have you, have you had those meetings yet? The, the shoe prints are on the table, Wolf. They're, they're, they're there. <laughs> the, the, the board is up, um, and we feel good right now. Uh, there'll, there'll be some minor massaging, and, and um, you know, we're still going to do a few more interviews over the next couple of days, and, um, and uh, we still have to do a medical meeting. Obviously, that's going to be a big, uh, a big piece to it um, in terms of, you know, who we feel good about long-term medically and, you know, short-term, and that affects your board greatly. But in terms of ability, it's up, and we feel good about it, and we feel confident about it, and um, – like I said, right now it's just going to be it's just there's, there's going to be little little moves from here on out, and that's mm-hmm. that's it, and we're ready to draft. Hey, Director of Player Personnel Drew Grigson joining us on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. How true is that? As you're formulating the big board and everyone's around the big table in the war room, uh, are you guys all truly in the trust tree? <laughs> Does it get pretty spirited? You all know each other pretty well, so I presume you're not taking it personal. But uh, does it get pretty animated in there? It does. It does. I mean, you, when when a guy does sometimes, you know, two, three years of work on a guy, um, and he feels strong and convicted about a guy, and he he feels uh, this guy could help our team, and and someone doesn't agree with him, yeah, it could get a little spirited. But I think we do a great job of keeping it professional, and and you could still be convicted and strong with your opinion, and and you know, and still you know, again, be professional in, in right. doing it. Right. And if I feel that it's going the wrong way, I I say, you know, gentlemen, let's. Let's let's calm down a little bit and and uh, you know let's but but yes and you want that you want the conversation to you want your your scouts to be excited about a guy and you 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 want them to have conviction about him one way or another um, because that's how you 
hit on a player, and that's how you miss on a player if you're not listening to those guys. Because, like I said, sometimes those guys are, are doing three years of work on those guys. So, um, yeah, it, 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 it could get speared in a good way. Drew, Bill Belichick is famous for actually interviewing a coach. And even though he may secretly agree with what the coach is saying, he'll actually take the opposite side of the argument just to see how he responds. Okay, now yeah. that's diabolical to me as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> but do you ever do that with some of your guys? Do you take the opposite side? Do you be a contrarian that somebody uh, gets up and says, I love this guy, and do you just say, I want to hear how convicted you love this guy? Sure, a little bit, yeah. You know, you um, not necessarily want to be a contrarian, but, um, you know, I'll question them, and, and we, just because you, you want to get them in the right place on the board. And, you know, if I want to make sure that the information they got, maybe it's, is it any different than what I got? And I, you said this, but um, that you got this from this guy, but I got this from this guy. You sure you feel good about that? And, and um, you know, just checks and balances and making sure that the information that they're presenting is, is uh, again, they feel strong about it. And we feel good about where that guy's going on the board. Hey, Director of Player Personnel, Drew Grigson, joining us. All right, how about a quick scouting report on your most recent signee, James Conner, who uh, joins the backfield? Yeah, I was I was a big fan of James coming out, and you know his, um, you know obviously what he went through medically, um, you know his story starts there, and and what he came back from that tells you about who he is as a person, um, and how he's able to bounce back. I mean, I I, I can't even get in and out of my car day to day. You know my back hurts so bad, and this guy's beating cancer, and, and you know uh, mm. going to Pro Bowl. So he's he, 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 that's that's where it starts. And again. We've added a lot of pieces uh, in free agency of, of, of men, of leaders, of alphas, and that's what we want to keep doing, and that's what he is. And, and uh, then you look at the ability, and you look at a big back with outstanding feet that could catch the ball, that's going to be great on third down, that can block, um, and, and he's going to be good in short yardage and goal line situations. He's tough. And I just think he adds a great you know, one-two punch with, uh, with Chase Edmonds, with his skill set. So. You know, a little thunder and lightning, I think. I think it's going to be a good mix. You know what's amazing about it, too, Drew, is I had a coach, an old coach, who was really fond of saying, if you pack a locker room with enough dogs, even the cats start barking. Okay? So, <laughs> right. it's good. You guys, you guys have done an unbelievable job. I mean, from the very beginning of this offseason and roster building of bringing in guys that have a reputation for being physical and guys also that are leaders. That's no accident, it, is it? Not at all. I mean, you, you, you know, that's the, the philosophy that Steve Keim um, set forth, and, and it's our job uh, between Quentin and I to, to kind of stress that to the staff, and that's the, those guys are going to take priority. And, 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 you know, I know Steve has talked to you guys about it on the radio before, but, mm-hmm. you know, if we're, if we're setting the board and, and a guys are, we're looking at two players and, and they're close in ability grade, those guys that are the, that are the alphas, that are the, the guys that are tough, that we feel are a football character guys, they're gonna they're gonna go above the other guy, and that's how we that's how we break the tie on a lot of guys. And like we're gonna keep filling our locker room with those guys. And 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 Wolf, you know about playing a long season. And yes. in week 13, 14, 15, when things start to fall apart, you know those are the guys that hold it together. Amen. And those are the you know and and we need those guys in our locker room. And we that has been a. Uh, uh, that has been a, a major uh, factor for us in the last couple of years um, in terms of you know what we're what we're addressing and what we're targeting in the draft and in free agency. So you, you sign JJ Watt. There's a pass rusher, right? You get the corner in Malcolm Butler. You just got the running back. You've you've obtained offensive linemen. So there doesn't seem to be that glaring need in the draft. If you look at the mock drafts, Drew, and I know you guys at times will laugh and mock the mock drafts, but 
Cardinals have been, look, anywhere from corner to receiver to O-line to running back to tight end, everything all over the board. I take it that's a good thing right now where the outsiders are really wondering what direction you might go in round one. That's, that's a good point that there's, yeah, that there's no glaring, you know, hole. Um, and that just gives us a chance to take the best player. And that's just, I know, I know it's very cliche to say, but it is, it is so true that you just can't pass on good players. No matter what, no matter what position, and and uh, even if you feel full at that spot, like if we have a guy up with a high grade, and you know we and we need a linebacker, and the, and it's, it's and the that high players at a position that's not, a, you still got to take him because, like you know, you've heard Steve say a thousand times, your your needs in in uh, April aren't the same, aren't going to be the same in October. So you just need as many good players on your roster as possible. Have you guys actually run mock drafts yet? Have you done that yet? I, I personally, I try to stay away from them. Um, I, 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 I think it, if you get, uh, I think it can mess you a little bit. I think you just have to stick to what you and your staff believe. Um, because I've looked at mock drafts. When I have looked at mock drafts, I think they're so off sometimes that I just, <laughs> I, I just can't. You know, I, I just can't. I can't. I can't do it. So um, I, I typically, typically, typically do not mess with them or, or uh, well, pay much what attention. Ab- to them. Well, what about you guys, Drew? I mean, I know. Do you guys ever go through the process of running a mock draft as well? What's oh, your, absolutely. Yeah. Have you guys yeah, done we, that yet? We have not yet. We, okay. we do that. T- uh, you know, towards the end, uh, right before the draft, and and. You know, uh, what we try to do is just try to make, create as many scenarios as possible um, mm-hmm. before we get to our pick, whether it's trades or whether it's, um, you know, uh, you know a, a guy that no one in the room thinks would go before. Just So when we get to our pick, okay, and here's the guy's left, now what are we going to do? Right. You know, do, okay, can we, should we trade back here? Um, uh, you know, what, what's that? What, what other? So we have two guys. We take this guy. So. Um, we, we do that every year. Um, we go around the room, basically look at uh, basically the team's needs of everyone in front of us, and then each scout picks. Okay, who who are um, who are the Jags taking? Who are the Jets taking? And we get to our pick, yeah. and that's how we do it. Do you care to divulge what, who you guys like? Wolf, <laughs> <What? Yeah>. Wolf. <laughs> uh, I know I'm you're a, not going to answer that. This? Of course. Where, where is Luke the draft? <laughs> Where is the draft the deepest? You were, you know, longtime director of college scouting. Uh, where do you see the most depth and which positions in this draft? Something I never say, pass rusher. It's it's a very interesting draft for pass rusher, for inside linebacker. You know, usually it's receiver um, it, just because there's so many bodies, and it's never pass rusher. Now, it's not as – I don't think it's as deep up top, but it's like the – the second, third round, it's going to get real interesting. There's a lot of talented guys um, in in the you know second, third, fourth round that are they're going to fly off the board. It's, there's going to be a run from them at some point because they're, they're it's a it's a very very good group. Drew, how's the arm wrestling coming? I mean, is that coming along well? <laughs> uh, I'm okay? retired. I, I no longer uh, participate in arm wrestling. But uh, now, wait a minute. I, are they still twenty? Are the guns still twenty? You know. they're, 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 they're hanging in there. Um, <laughs> haven't me- haven't measured in a while, but uh, you know, I, well, but, uh, the wife he- the wife still approved, so I, I must be doing something right. <laughs> He's one of the few executives in the NFL. He has a workout bonus in his contract. Oh, yeah. So There's no doubt about it, man. That's the good hey, thing Drew, about Drew. Love you, buddy. Thank I, you so much I for I got to get it in us. in the morning, guys. That's right. Absolutely. Drew, thank yeah. you. Appreciate the info. Any, anytime, and, uh, guys. Appreciate okay, it. man. Thank you, Drew. <laughs> the director of player personnel. And, uh, yeah, Wolf, it was by design.
adding the leaders and the alphas. Yes. And we'll go through some more of what uh, Drew had to say about the 2021 draft next on the Big Red Rage. Breaking news, J.J. Watt is going to the desert. Whoa! Hey, That is not Photoshop. Uh, No, he said Adam Schefter just reported it. Wow! (laughs) First thing I did was uh, take a look at the tape and uh, quickly realized that um, J.J. Watt still looked like J.J. Watt, in my opinion. Come on! Let's go! JJ, let's see, man. When he walks on the field, he don't think there's anybody in the arena better than him. Feels like the Arizona Cardinals are going all in. We had the opportunities to make some moves and to be aggressive. You know, it's business at the end of the day, and, you know, things are going to change. To get traded to Arizona, it's a blessing, man. One of the best days of my life. A little different scenery out there. Much different. There isn't enough energy in the valley already. We're going to try and turn it up even a few more notches. The unmistakable theme of Flight Plan, Season 4 of the Emmy Award-winning series Cardinals Flight Plan. It premieres next Thursday, April 22nd at 7 o'clock on the Cardinals YouTube channel. And a lot of great inside stuff. You heard from a lot of the newcomers in there, starting with J.J. Watt and all the way down to retaining Marcus Golden. And, And Wolf, we just heard the director of player personnel, Drew Grigson, here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, saying that, quote, adding men, adding leaders, adding alphas in response to your question whether it was by design so yes it was a definitive yes that was the plan you know what Polly? it really is and it's a plan no doubt steve kime has already talked about that he needed to get more physically said and he needed better leadership he thought in the locker room and those two things they have gone out and my goodness paul honestly every signing every acquisition every trade every roster spot that they actually brought in it really checks those two boxes right there even right down to an aj green who is a big get off the press physical type wide receiver if you ask him to block he's gonna block i mean we talked about it after the signing of aj green for example if you were to name the top three receivers at making contested catches over the last decade (laughs) deandre hopkins larry fitzgerald and A.J. Green. A.J. Green. Honestly, so you're right. A guy who'll fight for the football, whether it's Rodney Hudson and and Brian Winters. Uh, would you call those two guys maulers, right? Malcolm Butler, who had over 100 tackles as a cornerback. So, Paul, I'll tell you right now, Matt Prater will walk bow-legged and <laughs> okay. thrash you on a Saturday night. Okay. Yeah, maybe me, but not an NFL player. I, I <laughs> I'm get just that. Saying, you know, this guy, Paul, so. this guy is full-on kicker, yeah. right, and a grizzled veteran <laughs> at that. So I, I love it, man. I just love the moves that they've made right now. This was not an accident, and James Conner is the cherry on top of this offseason as far as I'm concerned. And look, it gets back for everything that everyone says about Cliff Kingsbury, and they mistakenly call it the air raid offense yeah. and so forth. Okay, It still gets back to running the ball yes. and stopping the run to such a large degree. Paulie, isn't that crazy, Paul? I mean, think about it right now. The football universe, Paulie, what you just said, it's still, even though the way you do it might be changing, the way you do it, the how is different, but it's still football, isn't it? Ultimately. And because of what you just said right there, man, I think this is exactly the direction the Arizona Cardinals are headed in. Now, will it result in more wins? 
I don't know. But I guarantee you this much, it's going to result a lot more in a lot more bloody noses from opposing players. And look, I know the analytics guys right now are saying, Calvisi, where are you? It's a passing league. You know, Kyle Odegaard is somewhere right now taking my name in vain. But <laughs> here's my response to that, is that when the Cardinals offense Kyle. was truly rolling the second half of 2019 and the first half of 2020, what was the common denominator? An effective running game. You got that right. And where did the Cardinals fail on defense in the most critical moments? And Vance Joseph was pretty darn honest about it with us a couple of months ago here on the Big Red Rage. They finished in the bottom third and run defense. So when I look at J.J. Watt, for everything that he brings, and there's a lot, we just fill a whole show talking about his resume, the fact that he led the NFL in tackles for loss against the run last year, yes, that's huge. And, and that's my intro here to Jim Trotter on the NFL Network just talking about J.J. Watt here recently and that interior presence that he provides talking to Vance Joseph, one of the things that J.J. Watt brings besides leadership is an interior presence in the nickel package. They haven't got much pressure up the middle when it comes to the pass rush, you know, when they go to that package. And they believe that with J.J. Watt there complimenting Chandler Jones, they should be able to generate that pressure. And, and Wolf, V.J. talked about it with us, especially when you're thinking about putting J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones on the same side of the line. Yeah, you're right, Polly. But you've got to get to those third and obvious pass situations, right? You've got to mm. get to those situations yep. where you can use all that talent. And that means you've got to stop the run first. It still is. It, it, it is an amazing thing. Look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the offense that they actually run, right? That is, Paul, there, there's a lot of elements that are right out of 1995 okay Paul I'm just going to tell you that right now they're even further back than that like a seven-man slide protection okay I mean this is this is still a league where you've got to be physical on the line of scrimmage and J.J. Watt is going to go a long long way in helping the Arizona Cardinals be more physical in terms of stopping the run You've got to keep a three-dimensional approach to the game of football. You've got, if you're an offense, you've got to make the defense wonder what it is you're going to do. Are you going to run it? Are you going to throw it? Or are you going to act like you're going to run it and then throw it? You got to keep them guessing, Paul. And you know what? Speaking of J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones, how about Drew Grigson moments ago telling us that the most depth in this draft is that pass rusher, and you never say that. So it makes me wonder, as, as wrong as the mock drafts are typically and annually, uh, everyone who thinks the Cardinals are going corner or maybe receiver at 16, if that edge guy is there, don't forget Chandler Jones in the final year of his contract, J.J. Watt is above the age of 30, Marcus Golden on a two-year deal. I would not be surprised if they go edge rusher at number 16. That's a good point, Paulie. It's going to be very interesting to see who's there at 16. I'll tell you this much. They can get a great football player at 16. Then again, if it's that deep, maybe that edge guy, maybe that pass rusher comes in round two. We'll see. We're two weeks away tomorrow night from the NFL draft. We continue with a Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Garoppolo back to pass, goes over the middle, behind the intended receiver, and a diving interception at the five-yard line. It's Jalen Thompson with a pick. I think Jalen Thompson is just scratching the surface of what he could possibly become. Quick throw over the middle, it's broken up at the 40-yard line, incomplete by Jalen Thompson, made a good play, breaking on the receiver. 
You watch Jalen Thompson right there lined up in the slot. That was just what a corner would typically do the way he broke on that slam. So Ron Wolfley, who was joined by Dave Pash there, the collective voice of the Arizona Cardinals and the Arizona Cardinals radio network here on the Big Red Rage. You might be asking yourself, well, why was there a montage of Jalen Thompson there from our fine producer Jim Omohundro? And the answer is that, you know what, it's an astute observation that Jalen Thompson has yet to have a traditional offseason. He's actually yet to have an offseason of any sort in the NFL, and he's entering his third season in the NFL because, if you recall, as a rookie, he was taken in the supplemental draft in July and then just showed up for training camp. And then, of course, last year, the entire offseason was wiped out except uh, being held virtually because of the pandemic. So here we go again as the NFL released a memo to teams today. It's going to be a nine-week offseason schedule. Everything will be voluntary, Wolf, except for one mandatory minicamp. Yeah, Polly, one mandatory minicamp and everything being voluntary in the offseason. It's really, really important, I think, that you get your work out there, especially for the young guys, Paul. It's so difficult to make a roster coming in as a rookie unless you're a high-round pick, a guy that's taken in the first, second, third round, even the fourth round, I would say. Anything after that, it's kind of a uh, toss-it-up-in-the-air proposition right now. It's difficult to make a team, and you got to know what you're doing before you can actually make a roster and OTAs they go a long long way for a young guy to actually get the the offense down get the defense down and then maybe go out and try to execute and play and I should say the NFL has allowed for rookie mini camps in the weeks following this year's draft so that has been provided for but starting Monday they're going to start having virtual zoom meetings two hours per day and that's going to be the beginning of the NFL offseason work and and look this has been a process obviously between the league and the NFLPA in fact the president uh, Brown Center J.C. Treader he was on the Rich Eisen show was asked if he thinks there's going to be a boycott of these voluntary workouts I don't think boycott's the word. Uh, I think to start, the offseason is voluntary. Um, And I think guys right now are making an informed decision about what's in their best interest uh, when it comes to their health and safety. And that's what being a professional is all about, is making informed decisions for what's best for your your health, your career. And guys are doing that. um, And we're seeing those, those people come out and come forward and say what they want to do moving forward. That's well said right there, Polly. It really is, because everyone's situation is different, Paul. Everyone's situation, not only when it comes to making a football team and making a roster, everyone's situation is different, but everyone's personal health situation, even at home, is different as well. And every situation, state by state, is different. Right. Good point. Where Michigan is right now, you can understand the reason the Lions players may have voted the way they did, which is very different than a lot of other states. So... Yes. Boy, that ruined your summer plans, didn't it, Polly? Going back to the Motor City. Weren't you going back there, Paul? Wolf, um, you know, uh, I'm going to take the fifth on not being able to see the in-laws this summer. Okay. So, uh, All right. I, I'm I, I sorry, probably, Paul. That I was callous answer of that. me. Probably should answer on whether that's a plus or a minus. Anyway, uh, what I was going to bring up was the fact that look at last year in the offseason. And I wonder, you tell me, you spent 10 years in the league. Do you think the veterans are saying, hey, maybe everyone overestimated the importance 
of these off-season programs. Oh, there's no doubt. And the preseason games, of which there were none, right? I mean, we, they just went into the season last year and dropped the plow and went straight for, forward, and now I wonder what some of these players are thinking. Yeah, there's no doubt, Pauline. If you're an established player, too, maybe you're just thinking to yourself, man, I, I don't need to be out on that field. I don't need to be. I do know this right now. The union is going to use OTAs. It's going to use this offseason and the experience of COVID and this pandemic and the way that it's impacted the offseason, I think they're going to use that as a bargaining chip going forward because that's what any good union would do is use it as a bargaining chip going forward to get something they may want down the line. And guess what? The owners just got 17 games. And yes. so, you know, they, this and, is a and bad... Paulie, too, a lot of people say, well, that's CBA now. That's a decade away. And listen, they can always put an addendum to it. And they talk throughout the length of any CBA to begin with. No doubt. There, there's no doubt. I also wonder if it contributed to the direction the Cardinals went with signing a lot of veterans this offseason. You know, when you get guys in their 30s around the age of 30, you know, James Conner was kind of conspicuous by his signing that he's in his mid-20s. Yeah. Most of the other guys the Cardinals signed, well, guess what? Those guys are plug and play in an uncertain offseason where you might not have the ability to practice together as a team very much. No, that's right, Paulie. It's going to be really, really interesting, but I just love the fact you said James Conner once again. Uh, listen, first down maker. Hand him the ball off. Run some power schemes in between the tackle. Watch him hit the angles and hit the hole and punch a hole into that front seven. I want to see that, Paul. Yeah, yeah. something tells me he's going to dear himself to you and the style of football you love. We know he endeared himself to the Steelers fans. No doubt. He grew a mullet in 2018 just to fit in at Pittsburgh, Wolf. You you realize that. He was a fan favorite just based on his mullet. And, of course, everyone else grew it as well, Paulie, mimicking him. Yeah, so it was it was part of the uh, Yinzer culture. We need yes. to get your brother on to explain <laughs> the Yinzer culture in the Berg. Back to wrap up this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Sweeps to the left side, got a block at the 10, Connor to the 5, Connor to the goal line, and in for the touchdown. Well, you just brought in another leader. This guy doesn't take uh, second place to anybody. He's a great young man. Went to the Pro Bowl a couple of years ago. Um, I just have a lot of respect for the young yeah. man and what he's done and what he's accomplished in a very short period of time. He's an above-average pass catcher out of the backfield. I think that's an area they can explore more with him because I think he's capable of flipping the field a lot like Le'Veon Bell did back in his heyday. That's a good get. And, and you had an inside angle on your big brother, Craig Wolfley, this week on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports. There he was talking about James Conner, a player with which he is very familiar from day one as Steelers radio analyst. And, uh, Wolf, you tell me, what else did your brother tell you about James Conner? Well, just the fact that he's a great guy, but I think we already know that about James Conner. He's, he's not flashy, Paulie, like we were talking about earlier. He's not a take-it-to-the-house type running back. 
He's a guy that's going to move the chains. And think about short yardage. We've already talked about it. Short yardage and goal line situations. I think he's going to improve the Arizona Cardinals' odds in those short yardage and goal line situations. He runs well between the tackles. He can hold up in play action. What I also love about it, Paulie, is just the fact that he knows he's running a 4-6. Okay? He knows he's not going to try to run sideways. He's not going to try to run around you. He knows he's running a 4-6, and that means here comes a little giddy-up. Ooh, at 6'1", 233 pounds, a little wiggle, and then pick a side and rip. And that's what I can't wait to see. And you know what? I can't wait to see him in those situations like you just cited. I'll cite a specific one. Remember the loss at New England? It was week 12. Just a vexing loss yes. in so many different ways. As New England had scoring drives that covered 46 and 35 and 31 and 33 yards, and Cam Newton had a passer rating under 30, and somehow the Patriots found a way to win that game. Well, if you remember, right before the half, yes. the final play, fourth and goal at the Patriots won, and the Cardinals were stoned. They were stopped. No points. Now, you hand that ball off to James Conner, and how do you like those odds? See, this is why you're such a downer, Paul. We're playing the music, and suddenly <laughs> you bring up that play right there. That was diabolical to happen to a team right before the half. You don't the only think- thing worse is a linebacker picking the ball off and running it back oh. 99 yards oh, for no. a touchdown. No, no. And Larry Fitzgerald running an Antrell roll on the sideline <laughs> as James Harrison's going the other Stop way. Stop it. Well, if we had such a great show, what are you doing? I, I mean- know. You brought us down, Paul. I mean, Thank that's goodness. where my brain went when you yeah. brought us down. I think it right now, Drew Griggs is saying footprints are on the table in the war room. That's me right now. Okay, special thanks, Jim Omohundro, Cody Fincher, the director of player personnel for Wolf Umball. That's the Big Red Rage. Number one, Tyler You've been listening to the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.